ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله قال الله تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون All thanks and praises are to, due to God. We seek God's help and forgiveness. We seek refuge in God from the evil within ourselves and the consequences of our evil deeds. Whoever God guides will never be led astray, and whoever God allows to go astray will never find guidance. I bear witness that there is no God but God, alone without any partners, and I bear witness that Muhammad is God's servant and God's final messenger. O oh, you who believe, be mindful of God as is God's due. and make sure you devote yourself to god to your dying moment quran chapter 3 verse 102 assalamu alaikum and greetings of peace and welcome everyone i would like to t- take a moment to thank the women's mosque of america for this opportunity today i want to share my experience of tasbih fatima and how i use this form of zikr or remembrance to mindfully cultivate gratitude awe and a sense of surrender in my daily routine after a personal struggle of feeling uprooted in a foreign country. Four years ago, I moved to France. Uh, I moved from France to United Arab Emirates with my family. The move not only made me feel this place, but I also lost the sense of feeling grounded in a place called home. I had grown up as a third culture kid, yet always took for granted the sense of home, feeling of home I felt in America when I struggled, but I thrived to find a community as a young teenager. This time it was different. It was my third move with two young kids and my husband and I was losing patience and sight of goodness around me while I tried to navigate yet again my place and sense of worth in relation to my milieu. It was Tasbih Fatima that helped me return to myself again. Research findings out of the University of California Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center illustrate the numerous benefits of focusing on gratitude and cultivating moments to find awe and wonder that can rewire our neural pathways in our brain to become more engaged with our surroundings and be more effective and energized to make better decisions and play for the long haul. Tasbih Fatwa is a prayer routine that is traditionally done after obligatory prayers. According to the narrated saying of the Prophet, peace be upon him, his daughter, Lady Fatma Zahra, the daughter, um, was given this tasbih for recitation when she came to the Prophet and requested hired help with her household chores. This particular example not only beautifully humanizes the burden women feel while doing the daily chores of everyday life, but it also shows that even our historical hero voiced her concerns and was not shy to ask for help when she felt she needed the extra support. In response to her request, the Prophet asked, shall I tell you about something that is even better than what you asked for. And he gave uh, his daughter this gift of spiritual practice, which became to be known as Tasbih Fatma. Tasbih Fatma consists of reciting Subhanallah 33 times, Alhamdulillah 33 times, and Allahu Akbar 34 times on prayer beads, which are called Tasbih, uh, to make it a total of 
100. Some people also you traditionally count by tapping on their fingers. And these days, we even have Tisbi counting apps on our phone and clickers. SubhanAllah is the first of the three words in the Tisbi, and it means glory be to Almighty God. Glorified praise for the Creator, the Maker, the Beautifier, and the Nourisher. SubhanAllah is used colloquially when we are surprised by something or when we feel awestruck and when we are appreciative of something a deeper connection with God's abundant blessings and ways to mindfully incorporating it in our daily life. Daily routine can really help us shift our focus from our limited perception uh, to the bigger picture and forces us to be aware and mindful about the blessings we are surrounded by. Things we don't necessarily think about like our lungs and breathing, our hearts beating, parts of our body that are working seamlessly and properly as well as the complex phenomena happening on a grander scale like the cosmos and the orbits of the planets and galaxies. If we really ponder and become mindful, mindfully present to the repetition of subhanAllah, we understand that there's so much that is around us that can bring us all wonder and we can purposefully cultivate the sense of curiosity about the workings of really mundane things around us. So in that sense, subhanAllah is a word that really calls our attention to become mindful of the things that we already have. There's a verse in Surah Rahman, uh, which means uh, which then of your Lord's blessings do you deny? This is posed as a repeated question in chapter 55 and the question asks us to think and ponder about the blessing. The second word of Tazbih Fatima, Alhamdulillah, means all praise to God. Colloquially, we use this word when we are being thankful for the blessings of Allah and are praising Allah even when we might be at the center of adversity or challenging times in our life. By shifting the focus on the good in our life. Sometimes, Alhamdulillah is translated as all things and praises are to God. And Prophet Muhammad advised us, his be upon him, advised us to say Alhamdulillah in both good and bad times. In the research of psychology of cognition, decision-making and marketing, we study the negativity bias and how we as humans are primed to focus and remember the negative memories and events more due to the, our survival instincts, but also because we find our natural state gravitating towards state of thank, uh, away from the state of thankfulness. In Quran Surah Namal, verse 73, it says, and surely your Lord is gracious to humankind, and most of them do not show gratitude. This is not only an affirmation, but also if we look at real life instances, um, it's reflective of how we gravitate away from the state of thankfulness. News is a prime example of how it's based on negative alarming content. Positive news makes us feel good, but it's easier to remember negative news because it shocks us into grabbing our attention. Also, we look if we look at our close relationships in family and friendships, we can see patterns of focusing on bad memories more and forget the goodness we might feel from our community that we have taken the time to cultivate because it is easy to focus on the negatives and remember that. This is not to downplay the long and drawn out anxiety and depression people might be feeling due to the daily grind or bad relationships or problems they are struggling through the pandemic or any other social, political or, or structural challenges that hinder their well-being. And for such situations, we have prayers and also invocation from God when God says in the Quran, 
God does not change the state of people until they change what is within themselves. I emphasize this to highlight the, that prayers must follow with actions to seek help that put our prayers in motion, to get ourselves the skills to navigate challenges in our lives and resources that can change our situation, whether it's through finding a support group, therapy services, or finding ways to become economically and personally independent. But the overwhelm we can feel when we drown in the negative news, a sense of despair can fill us as our brains tend to focus on itself or fight and flight mode. If a situation is already bad, our negative thoughts on top of everything else only make matters worse. With Alhamdulillah, we are slowly able to rise to the surface instead of feeling like sinking to the bottom of a ruthless sea of life's trial. By reciting Alhamdulillah, even in the face of challenges and adversity, we tell ourselves to be grateful and in turn not become apathetic to the situations or disengaging with our misery or, or troubles in life by adapting unhealthy coping mechanisms. We open our minds to receiving solutions that can only come to us if we allow for the possibility of hope and only if we believe in the possibility of future goodness in the same way we believe we believe in God who we cannot see in this temporary world. Alhamdulillah is more about engaging with our blessings by radically accepting the present moment. We ground ourselves by being witnesses to our blessings, however small or insignificant they might feel in the face of trials and tribulations. It's like exercising the mind, the, a muscle in our mind to shift away from the natural state of negativity that spirals towards cynicism and apathy from feeling burned out in the journey of life. And that blocks us from possibility of goodness through negative self-fulfilling prophecies. Instead, we use gratitude to recharge and resurface to be more engaged with finding solutions to our problems. God reminds us that there's a direct correlation to the goodness we get returned when we are being thankful. The Quran verse says, if you are grateful, I will increase you. Chapter 14, verse number 7. So gratitude by definition is an affirmation of goodness and a recognition of goodness outside of ourselves. Much more than feeling thankful, it's a profound appreciation of what is good in our life, which in, in turn creates greater awareness and positivity. According to research, uh, by practicing gratitude, our overall health and wellness improves over time. Gratitude fosters high, higher level of Positive emotions supports greater life satisfaction, vitality, and optimism. It also enables more hours of sleep and better quality of sleep. And it also, gratitude also fosters healthier eating habits and better self-care. From a somatic healing perspective, our bodies relax when we are in a state of presence that is elicit, elicited through the practice of gratitude and surrender. By being thankful for small and big blessings, we achieve a sense of groundedness and we feel a sense of belonging with what we already have, where we feel enough satiated for a few moments to refill ourselves from the source of our connection and surrender to our nourisher, the sustainer Almighty Allah. This we automatically get more in return when we give thanks as the benefit of gratitude for our mind, body, and holistic well-being are well documented in the ongoing research work on gratitude. During times of big transition and change, we feel disconnected with our body, mind, and spirit and even with the special people around rooting for us. But through mindful zikr, not only 
makes us go back to our connection to God, but also connection to our environment. Tasbi Fatma is a form of not only a remembrance, but also a plea of help, a plea of for assistance and an affirmation in God that he is God is everywhere and we are connected to the world with God and from God. In times of crisis, instead of isolating ourselves, we must engage with ourselves through tazkiya, which is purification of the soul, introspection and mindful dhikr, and with the people around us, because our connection with the outside world is directly related to how we connect with our inside world. The more we feel disconnected with the larger society, the more we also feel disconnected inside. It's very important to be aware and connect to our nourisher and our sustainer so that we can engage with the problems and the people around us more constructively. So I would finally like to come to the last word of the Tasbih Fatma, which is Allah Akbar, meaning God is greater. We say this as an affirmation to our existence in relation to God and an acknowledgement that at the end we surrender to Allah in the good and the bad events in our life. I hear the word Allah Akbar being proclaimed when announcing good news or even breaking somber news. While even in despair, people see it as an affirmation that beyond a reminiscule presence and being, there's something much greater and much bigger that has a grander plan, which is beyond our peripheral understanding of the universe or our small plan. Cultivating Allahu Akbar lets this idea sink in deeper and there is something that there's something that is always present surrounding us, not just inside us, and we feel it when we are in front of something magnificent and serene, such as visiting the Holy Kaaba for the first time or the Prophet's Mosque, or even being in nature that brings us to a state of equilibrium and non-reaction by its radical being. I have witnessed the greatness and awe of God's beauty by setting my eyes on Niagara Falls, the tall towering sequoia trees, and the Grand Canyon. You can just feel it inside, that this connection to the vastness while you feel so small but perfectly placed in the frame to witness from your own standpoint. It is the same feeling of curious wonder and awe that we invoke and surrender with Allah Akbar. It is also the response to call takbir, asking who is the greatest. We say in unison, Allah Akbar. God is the greatest. Engaging ourselves in contemplative environments such as being in nature, going for the hike, or being near a snow-capped mountain or a beach, or even watching the dance of tree leaves rustling in the wind and birds singing outside the window can elicit feelings of awe and surrender if we are being mindful. Research studies show that feelings of awe affect us physiologically and psychologically in positive ways. When we are experiencing goosebumps or get chills, there may be a reduction in chronic inflammation and reduction in cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Witnessing a side of awe and surrender to higher being also diminishes our sense of self where we become more connected to the people around us and our propensity towards materialism decreases and altruism increases where people feel that they can give more time and resources to meaningful causes that affects humanity in positive way, ways and not just themselves personally. Interestingly, when the verdict of George Floyd's case was announced, many of my civil rights activist friends pro proclaimed Allah Akbar on Facebook, rejoicing in the semblance of justice delayed but served. And it made me wonder how even in the face of defeat or seeming victory, 
with justice prevailing, by connecting mindfully with Allah Akbar, we can really use it as a vision correction lens. Especially in times of inner and outer struggles, we take it upon ourselves to get the best results. We might work hard, push hard, and not get the same results, or even with our best efforts or abilities. So by becoming conscious of God's greatness, we surrender our pain and troubles and anxieties to let ourselves be bombed and soothed by the vast greatness of our Lord. By being aware of how our judgment becomes clouded in time of difficulty, we use Allah Akbar as an anchor, a source of grounding into the present, back into the mortal reality of our body, and in turn become grateful for the blessings of not being in control of everything or end result. By knowing the limits of our being and being aware of our humble position in front of God, we align our mission in service to God's creation. Through struggling and striving for justice, for, every, for ourselves and our brothers and sisters in humanity. During the last holy nights of this past Ramadan, I was horrified to see the Palestinian families being evicted and displaced from their ancestral homes in Sheikh Jarrah. As I read the news, the more hopeless and angered I felt, to the point where I could feel the constricting pain in my chest going over my backbone down the spine. Our bodies internalize stress we are looking in the news, especially the negative news that we are constantly bombarded with. Please be mindful that different people process things different, this different stimuli differently. Only through mindfulness about our internal state of our body and mind, I understood the importance of vocalizing the visceral vicarious pain reflecting and writing to decompress my thoughts and let the feelings flow out of my body. I reached out to my community of supporters, not to be in an echo chamber, but a place where my pain was seen and affirmed and I was able to engage proactively to create positive change through my activism, whether it was through calling the state legislator or signing a petition or trying to find ways to donate to the cause uh, for the people suffering in Palestine. We as a humanity, as an Ummah, can come together as a collective to witness and affirm what is right and protest and try to rectify what is abhorrent. Let us raise our hands in prayer. Dear God, to whom we ascribe all the glory and praise and to whom we surrender in return, please help our brothers and sisters in Palestine and wherever they are prosecuted, wherever they feel displaced, disenfranchised, wherever their identities and livelihoods are at stake and make us engaged politically and socially and in all the means that can constructively make their lives better because we as human beings have this obligation and responsibility. Amen. I will end with this quote by Martin Luther King, that we must accept finite disappointment, but we must never lose infinite hope. This is to echo the theme of this khutbah, that we use Tazbi Fatima as our anchor in the infinite hope and the infinite possibility that we have through God. A holy holy haza was li wa lakun. I have said what I have said. May God forgive us all. Alhamdulillah. All praise and things are due to God alone. As a young girl, I was introduced to recite Tazbi Fatma after every obligatory prayer five times a day. I didn't always recite it after prayer because I, it felt rushed and I felt my Tazbi was becoming mechanical. 
A few years ago, when I struggled to feel grounded in Abu Dhabi, when I moved from France to United Arab Emirates, I felt this need to be back home. And it marked a tumultuous transition period in my life. Um, I wanted to, I felt home was the U.S. where my kids can have regular schooling. I could back, get back to my professional life, my social life, my friends, my family. And I was constantly feeling the need to feel grounded socially, spiritually, and intellectually. So I started training to be a yoga and meditation teacher. Simultaneously, I found myself sitting in meditation practice after the five obligatory prayers, and I incorporated Tasbih Fatma in my post-prayer meditation, where I would breathe slowly through each Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, and Allahu Akbar repetition, and feel the connection to God through the slow chanting of this Tasbih Fatma. As I kept reciting Tasbih Fatma and the words Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, and Allahu Akbar, there were many blessings of awareness that started to dawn on me and sink a little more deeply. Meanings and connection with my surroundings that I did not notice before. All the benefits that I have enumerated earlier about feeling the connection to the community, feeling engaged with the self, not feeling disconnected with the self, I personally felt and can attest to. And I have incorporated this research over the last three years from a neuropsychological perspective for counseling that has become part of my mental health and well-being project called Pestine, which is a service I founded to help people who feel challenged in time of transition, whether it's um, going from being single person to being married or from being you know, in transition from teenager years to college life, or just the challenges of navigating adulthood um, during life transition. And the point is to become mindfully aware of these changes and how we can positively use self-awareness, communication techniques, and conflict resolution to help us navigate these transitions better and get better at relationships, not just with ourselves, with, but with also the people around us that are important to us. Through my studying and understanding of the Buddhist and Vedic meditation traditions, I found myself reciting Tasbih Fatma with the same idea of gratitude and expansive surrender to God. In my ongoing practice, the idea of surrender is not a failure or giving up, rather something we have to experience in all in our being with all integrity and honesty. To surrender is to let go, to yield to experience, to rest back to witness and to go with the flow. It's imbued with complete devotion and dedication to the higher power that is God. It is giving up the desires of the ego and identifying instead with the universal life force that is God. And in turn, return back to the body and mind with more engaged focus and more clarity of our purpose in life. Tasbi Fatma encourages us to cultivate a sense of gratitude, wonder, and surrender to God through our connection to the vastness that surrounds us and the ever-present, ever-sustaining force watching us grow closely. Though we as in human capacity need to become reminded and aware of the presence of God. Through this tasbih, we submit ourselves to Allah and express our trust in Allah alone. We affirm that Allah is present, Allah is aware. And as Allah says in the Holy Quran, God is closer to us than our jugular vein. Chapter 50, verse 16. 
Tasbih Fatima, therefore, is a simultaneously a call for help as well as embodied performance that gives us spiritual strength and healing. Let us endeavor to follow in the footsteps of Lady Fatima, peace be upon her, and make our dhikr as intentional and mindful for the practice in our daily lives, no matter what condition we find ourselves in, good or bad. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wala ilaha illallah. Glory be to God, and all praises are to God. There is no God but God, and God is the greatest. I leave you with this beautiful prayer from the Prophet that I find affirming during these troubling times. Allahumma inni a'uzubika min al-hamni wal-hazni, wal-ajzi wal-kasti, wal-bukli wal-jubli, wal-zalyadin, wal-ghalbatil rijal. O Allah, I seek refuge in you from anxiety and sorrow weakness and laziness, miserliness and cowardice, the burdens of debt and from being overpowered by men. Amen. Sahih al-Bukhari. Inna allaha yamaru bil adli wal ihsan, wa itai zil qurba wa nyanha nil fashai wal munkar, wal baghi ya'izukum lalakum tazakkarun. Atlu ma'o hiya ilayka min al-kitabi wa aqina salat, inna salata tanha nil fashai wal munkar. God commands justice, doing good, and generosity towards relatives, and God forbids what is shameful, blameworthy, and oppressive. God teaches you so that you may take heed. Recite what has been revealed to you of the book and stay consistent in prayer. Indeed, prayer restrains the human from lewd and wicked behavior, but the remembrance of God is even greater, and God knows everything you are doing. So I hope to meet you all during the Q&A where we would be leading a discussion and also demonstrating how we can uh, do Tasbih Fatma more mindfully, incorporating it in our meditation post-prayer. Welcome, Nasila. Let's perform the prayer.